Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler in for Herman Cain. And we now have the latest news from the most connected man in Washington, D.C., Jamie Dupree. Jamie, how are you this morning? All right, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing well. I saw some uh, new polling came out that uh, sort of surprised me. Yeah, interesting uh, polling numbers uh, on both sides. First, it looks like Hillary Clinton has definitely gotten a bump out of last week's Democratic debate. Several of the major network polls that have come out since that debate all show her expanding her national. Remember, it's the national lead, not the state-by-state, state, but expanding that national lead over Bernie Sanders. And it, it gets back some of the ground that she lost earlier this summer. On the Republican side, it's still Donald Trump and Ben Carson leading the way in the latest two polls. And then uh, Marco Rubio has been the one that has moved up. There's some differences in between the polls. For example, in the NBC Wall Street Journal poll, Ted Cruz is at 9%. In the CNN poll, he's down at 4 But one thing that we have noticed is that if you look at these on a timeline, all the major polls, is that the numbers for Carly Fiorina have definitely dropped. She got that big bump after the last debate out at the Reagan Library mm -hmm. and now has come back down. In fact, in the CNN poll, she was all the way down to 4%. That's, that surprises me because the word, I've never met her or been to any kind of campaign event, but the word on her was that her retail politicking was really good, but it doesn't sound like it has been since she got that bump. Well, you know, it's sort of, um, I look at, there's a lot of things that we see uh, recently that are all sort of the same thing. For example, uh, Vice President Biden has been talking for three months about running for president, right? We keep doing those stories and reading all the tea leaves. Carly Fiorina got a lot of early publicity uh, um, with some good stories about her retail politicking in both Iowa and New Hampshire, but never caught on. Then finally, after that first debate, got a bump, and it lasted into the second debate. But she just hasn't been sort of on the on the screen, you know, mm -hmm. the entire time. You know what I mean? Has yeah. not been in the middle of sort of the debate in recent weeks. Well, that's like Chris Christie as well. It's almost like he's disappeared. I, I never yeah, see him. He, well, he needs to, he and Rand Paul need to send flowers to CNN <laughs> because the two polls uh, from CNN in the last month that would uh, qualify for the criteria for this next debate next week mm -hmm. are, are probably the ones that went, along with the one Fox News poll, that will give Chris Christie the opportunity to be in the debate. My back-in-the-envelope uh, review of all the polls right now that were under the CNBC umbrella for this next week's debate, it looks to me like nobody is going to be demoted from the main stage in the GOP down to the pre-debate debate. Rand Paul will barely get over 3%. John Kasich will barely get over 3%. Chris Christie will get 3% on the nose. So it mm -hmm. looks like we'll have 10 people on the main stage. And then Lindsey Graham also needs to send flowers and chocolate to <laughs> CNN because he got 1% in the latest CNN poll. That is the only poll that he's gotten 1% in that was going to be used by CNBC, and that was the requirement. If you were going to get into the pre-debate debate, you had to have one and at least one poll. Lindsey Graham was all zeros up Mine. until yesterday, and so he will now qualify for that pre-debate debate. You, know, you wonder about what people are in. Uh, if Does Lindsey Graham really believe he has a chance now, or does he just want to keep his voice as far as the nation's military footing? He just wants to keep his voice in it? Because if you're barely making the pre-debate going into the third debate, uh, you're probably not going to get the nomination. Well, one, you know, look, uh, I've seen a lot of people who stick around in races maybe longer than they should, uh, but it's up to them. It's a very personal decision. I mean, we think back a number of years when Joe Lieberman was running for the Democratic nomination, and he stayed in far longer than anybody thought he should. He kept saying he had Joe Mentum, if you remember yes, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I've seen, uh, for example, uh, Ron Paul, 
Uh, Rick Santorum comes to mind as people who are not running an expensive campaign, and they're not going into great amounts of debt, and so they can stick around. Uh, it's uh, look. There's to me. There's no right answer for when somebody should get out. They're the ones that have to make that determination. And sometimes it's a little early. Sometimes it's a little late. So it looks like we'll have ten Republicans on the main stage next week. That still has to be formally announced by CNBC. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I lean libertarian in my in my thinking, and I've been very very surprised that Rand Paul cannot seem to get any traction. He can't even get near what his father... Like, like the young kids thought his father was really cool, and Rand Paul cannot seem to get that kind of thing going. Yeah, Paul. Um, Paul's low, sort of low-key effort has just not gotten traction. And I also think that... You know, uh, he was going to work with some of those Ron Paul supporters, but not all, because he's he's varied a little from that true libertarian type of theme. And frankly, there's a number of big names in the race in the race that sort of have siphoned stuff away from him. Yeah. Uh, his his five percent in the CNN poll is his best in well over a month in terms of the polling. You know, it's, it's, I think that in my own little uh, feeling on this is the difference between Ron Paul and Rand Paul is Ron didn't care if he won. And so, therefore, he didn't try to shape his message. He was just himself. Rand Paul actually got into this thinking that he could possibly get the nomination. And I think that made him a little more guarded than his father. His father it's, was it's having possible. fun. It's possible. And, you know, you look at the numbers, and the one thing that sort of strikes me as something to watch has been the very slow and silent rise of Marco Rubio. Yeah. Rubio has now established himself as the prime person right behind Donald Trump and Ben Carson, but really hasn't been that out, you know, upfront about it. Uh, and I think it's very interesting that Rubio sort of has been able to put himself in this spot without having to fight a lot with Donald Trump, without having to fight a lot with others. And we'll see whether or not. I, I, I love to play the horses, and there's a, the type of horse called a stalker that usually stalks right off the pace and then can swoop in when you come around the turn toward the finish line and win. Maybe Rubio's best in that position right now. Yeah, he's very articulate. He's he, and he's he's said to he's shown that he's he would be great in a in a two person debate when it came to a general election. He he can really get his ideas across in thirty second sound bites with meaning with with some depth to them. And is he maybe pulling some of that Carly stuff? Are they splitting that that? What I'm wondering is maybe he's kind of pulling some of that stuff from Carly as she loses. I don't know. It's uh, if you look at the two, it's hard to compare the different polls from the different networks, Eric. If you look at the CNN poll that was taken right after the debate out at the Reagan Library and then just in the last couple of days. Donald Trump went up three, Ben Carson went up eight, and there's really hardly anybody else that has gone up at all between those two. And, uh, you know, Carly Fiorina dropped 11 points between those two yeah, CNN that's polls. Massive. Let's, just, let's just cut that in half and say she went down five points. So that that's still sort of, there could be noise in there in the polling data, but you'd rather be going up than down. Yeah, absolutely. I'd now, on the Democratic side, the, the news today is that Jim Webb um, is going is ready to get out of the race. I mean, he's somebody who's been polling at 0 and 1% and never really had an impact on that side. There is some talk he might run as an independent, but frankly, you know, it's not like Donald Trump is going to run as an independent. I don't expect Jim Webb to have a major impact. In you know, I was race. thinking of Jim, with Jim Webb, if he did have any impact, I remember that Nader got like 2 or 3% a few cycles ago and and hurt the Democrat. Uh, I, I feel like if Jim Webb was even able to do, pull off an independent bid that got 2 or 3% in the general election, he might hurt Republicans more than Democrats. Cause yeah, well, you know, he's always sort of been a little more in the mo middle to conservative side of the Democratic Party, and I swear when he got elected here and came here as a senator, he wasn't very comfortable being here. That's why he left after one term. But it, it just hasn't happened for him. I mean, Ralph Nader, to me, has a natural constituency. Yeah. I'm not sure that uh, Jim Webb does. So anything new on the GOP uh, speaker search? Are we any closer? 
Uh, with everybody is filtering back into town today, and after the first votes this evening in the House, uh, they will have a members-only get-together this evening. Uh, so it's not clear if they're going to hash anything out in there. There's also going to be a morning meeting tomorrow. So I would bet over the next 24 hours we'll get a better idea of where we are headed right now, whether it's going to be a wide-open thing or whether the, everybody's going to fall in line behind, say, a Paul Ryan and we'll move forward. The, the, the more conservative Tea Party group really, I think, is looking at Ryan in a very suspicious kind of way right now. They see somebody who does not really look like he's ready to sort of say, okay, I'll do whatever you want Mm -hmm. and move on and make a series of internal reforms. And uh, so I'm not sure that they're ready just to get on board with Paul Ryan. So Mm -hmm. things are still quiet, but... I expect this to heat up in the next uh, day or well, so. Well, get, we get headlines. You, you're actually there day in and day out. And the, the word from the Paul Ryan camp is, you know, I'm not going to make deals to become speaker. I, I don't even want to do the job, but I will do the job out of patriotism or something like that. But I'm not going to make deals. But you're there every day. Are there actually people talking to the Freedom Caucus and not making huge deals, but maybe making some kind of promises behind the scenes? Well, I mean, there might be some who are talking about that, but... You know, the, the, the reforms that the Freedom Caucus has been looking at are not really major things that most people that we'd even want to talk about on this radio program because they're real internal things. And frankly, I'm not sure that they would really change and reform that much. I mean, to me, the, you boil it down, they want more opportunity to force votes on the floor of the House on things they like. The unsaid thing, though, is, okay, if you get that vote, if you lose, which is likely... Are you then going to get on board with the bill anyway? And I think there's a lot of suspicion from veterans on the GOP side, sort of the more establishment side, that they could open things up for the Freedom Caucus. They could give them lots of votes, frankly, which they would probably lose. And then the people would vote, the same group would vote against whatever the GOP leadership wants to do. Right. And so, therefore, you'd, you'd look around and say, well, why did we just give you this opportunity if you're not going to get on board with the final product? So. I think there is a level of distrust and mistrust there inside the Republican Party. It's much like uh, families. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be easy. It's, it's like the, the brothers who think that at some point in time, the other brother is going to walk in the room and go, you know what? You are right. I've been a jerk all these years, <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Well, that's not the way it happens. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. It's not the way it ever gets resolved. So... I'm I'm not so sure about that. Uh, before we get out of here, I have to ask you. It's uh, we're getting pretty close to uh, Hillary uh, testifying the Benghazi committee. Uh, what's the feel up there right now? It's, what's well, the go- feel is I, I'm in, really interested to see. You know, she's been here two times before to testify in depth about the Benghazi attacks and what she did before, what she knew about before. Is there really going to be something new that comes out? Nothing's been leaked out yet by the Republicans. I would have thought that they would have shown some of their cards by now, just as, you know, maybe they're holding it all. But if it's just the same as before and there really isn't anything established as new, then one would expect that she'll be more than ready for that on Thursday. I still think most of the flashpoint will come over the email stuff Mm -hmm. rather than Benghazi. My thought is that, uh, you know, while there are a lot of people out there who have been focused on Benghazi, 
It has been out of the news for a while in yeah. terms of the minutia and the details of that. And I think that works against the Republicans because people really aren't that up to speed anymore on what exactly happened behind the scenes. And you got to remember, she's still running for president. She's not going to stop running for president in those eight hours. So she's coming in with a strategy. And I think that maybe if the Republicans make it easy for her, she's going to allow herself to look like a victim and try to turn it into a positive for her presidential campaign. She certainly hasn't been run out of town in the previous Benghazi hearings or in the Whitewater hearings or in whatever you want to look at. And that's the only note of caution I say to everybody. For those of you who think that this is going to be her day where she runs on the rocks, I've seen this movie before. I just wonder if we're going to have the same ending where somehow she emerges despite all the controversy and moves on. She from is there. the. They, they are the Clintons. They are the Terminator of scandal. I mean, nobody's better at getting through. They're it. survivors, they and are. then they move on even stronger. It they're, seems in the future. They're good at this. All right, Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie Dupree. We'll hear from you again tomorrow at eleven oh six. As always, I appreciate it, Jamie.